Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Snap Out of It Radio Network. Hear all our great shows across the world. Join our community at snapoutofitradionetwork.com. So wake up, stand up, and snap out of it. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, this is Mel, and welcome to another show of Empowered Love. And look, I just want to say thank you for, you know, there was a lot of responses from last week's show and talking about uh, Cedar Healing and it was wonderful to have Ali on and talking about her experience as well and also Sonia. But it's great because a lot of women are really reaching out and really realizing that you don't have to stay stuck in this crippling pain. You can shift it, you can move it, you can really, really do something about it. Because for all of us, It's about getting aligned in truth and aligned in in our power and in our knowing and in our really uh, good decision-making process. And once we really catch our body up to that, our emotional self up to that, it's just so much easier to do. But we've got a great show today or tonight if you're listening in the States and a big hello to everybody listening in live and the people that will pick this up later in uh, their podcast. Because we've got Daniela, and we've got Daniela Koenig, I think. Have I pronounced that correctly, Daniela? Yes, you are. You're pronouncing that really well. Thank you, Melanie. Oh, I'm off to a good start then. That's great. <laughs> That's always useful. So Daniela uh, is going to help us get aligned in regard to relationships, which is what this show is all about. And Daniela, MA, she's an MA and she's a certified relationship coach. She's a workshop facilitator and she's worked with people both in the United States and in Europe and now she's accessing people in Australia through us, which is great. And her MA in counselling psychology has given Daniela a solid foundation from which she supports singles and couples to attract, create and live the relationship that they truly want. And she's passionate. We talked about that before she came on. She's really, really passionate about relationships and passion's great. And what she does is she supports individuals and couples with practical tools to create loving, intimate and authentic relationships. She supports singles in recognizing and overcoming their old patterns that can be standing in the way of them attracting their right life partner. So yay to that. And to truly enjoy and live in the real love, and she can really help provide tools for that. So, Daniela, welcome. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me on your show this evening. And I was just noticing an excitement when you said that, oh, now I'm also actually reaching people in Australia. That's new for me, and I feel really excited and honored that you're having me on your show this evening for me in California an afternoon for you in Australia. Yeah, look, this is great. Well, Daniela, let's just, you know, let's just get into it. We've only got an hour. We've got so much to talk about. So (laughs) let's just, and it is exciting. It's always exciting sharing information with people and inspiring. It's just wonderful. So, Daniela, how did you initially become interested in relationships? Mm, I like that question. Um, I I think, to be honest, I, I've always been passionate about relationships. I just didn't notice it for a long time. Um, growing up in my family, I always loved the interactions between people. I loved to watch people from a really early age, actually. Just people watching was always exciting to me. And in regards to my family, I was also the one where often when I could feel my parents just having maybe a fight or something like that and not talking to each other, I'd be the one who would suggest, hey, let's talk to each other or try to go between mom and dad and be the little, you know, just communicator. 
And so my parents very often would look at me like, where did she come from? <laughs> and, um, and so that's kind of the family that I grew up in. And then in my early 20s, I was married and really was in a relationship where I didn't feel like I had the tools to be in a loving, conscious and authentic relationship. I was acting out old patterns that I had observed in my own family that I'd seen in relatives' relationship and also that I kind of, I think, picked up on TV as a child, the princess waiting for a knight in shining armor. And so that's kind of how I went into my marriage in my early 20s and acting out, like I said, old patterns and very often blaming my ex-husband, criticizing him. And I think neither one of us really knew how to create a loving relationship. I mean, we had our fun times. We had a lot of, you know, fun together. We had good times. But when we got to the point where we got triggered or when an issue came up, we just did not have the skills to communicate to each other. It really felt like we were speaking two different languages. As far as I know, we could have been speaking two different languages because we were not getting anywhere and very often blaming each other. So after I got divorced, I really realized, okay, so now I know what I don't want. But I started wondering, what is it that I really want? And especially how do I create the relationship that I really want? Because I knew that what I'd just gotten out of is not what I want to recreate. And so that's how about 10 years ago my journey started to discovering tools of being in conscious relationship. And I started reading books. I um, then actually also led me to studying psychology and get my master's degree in psychology. And it's also led me to Dr. Skay and Kathleen Hendricks, who I started working with about three years ago. And that's really where I found a lot of the tools that I use in my own life and that I also use with my clients. The tools that I found with the Hendricks really were easy to understand. A lot of them were actually playful. I never thought that, you know, when we come into a relationship situation or an issue, that we can actually have fun resolving something that in the past seemed like it was that, that serious. So that's kind of my journey to discovering tools to be in conscious, loving relationships. And now, these days, for the last few years, I've also been sharing it with my clients. And so I work with people one-on-one, -on -one, I work in group coaching programs, and I also work with couples. Fantastic. And look, the thing is, we were really, it astounds me that we weren't brought up with learning these tools from a very early age, were we? Exactly, very much so. I, you know, I think back, I'm like, wow, where was my relationship one-on-one -on -one class back in elementary school or in middle school, you know, right after math? That would have been a really good class that I could have used, but we don't. And very often, I like to compare it that, you know, we, we grow up surrounded by relationships. We see them in our own families and you know, I think my parents, they did the best that they could mm. with the given circumstances and with what they had learned from their own families and their own time, and they passed that on. And then also, very much we see these relationship patterns in TV, very early on in cartoons already. And so we're surrounded by relationships. We're never really taught communication skills. We're just kind of yeah. expected to pick it up and then go ahead and create our own wonderful, loving relationships without ever having learned That's or having right. learned then, old patterns that unfortunately don't work. And then you've really got that female and male lens that is so different. It really is like they're from Mars and we're from Venus. Very much so. And, <laughs> and then we're trying to understand other people when we don't even really understand ourselves. And it's, it's always astounded me. And I was the same when I got into this work. And I thought, why aren't we taught this from a young age? Because we've all just floundered around and tried to work it out, really. I, I hear you. I 
You know, I'm originally from Switzerland, and in Switzerland, I think it was the age of seven or eight, I actually had to take a bicycling test. So we had to go to bicycling class. We had to learn, you know, the, the street signs. And then before we were allowed to ride our bike to school, we had to take a test with a police officer. And so we have all these classes and tests for different things in our life and for our job. But two, I think of the most important things in our lives, both parenting and also being in relationship with ourselves and our partners, something that we don't have classes. Yeah, absolutely. So, Danielle, what is it that interests you the most about authentic, loving, conscious relationships? Mm, another really great question. I love that. I have just really come to realize that relationship, when we're in a loving, real, authentic relationship, relationship can become a catalyst, a catalyst for a lot of aliveness, a sense of aliveness in ourselves, in our relationship, in our life. We have more energy available to ourselves. We can, like I said, create things with our partner or by ourselves. And we're spending less time in drama or less time being drained, trying old patterns over and over again. And so that's what I really am noticing is what really excites me about being in an authentic, loving, and conscious relationship with a partner. And also, as I mentioned earlier, actually having tools that when we do get triggered, because, you know, it happens to all of us. Our partner yes. says something or does something, yes. and here we are, triggered. We feel yes. a ton of feelings inside of us. We're not quite sure what we're actually feeling. And we're triggered, and then we're maybe attacking our partner or defending from our partner. And very quickly, we're on this, like, merry-go-around. And we're like, how did we get on here? And how did we just get into this huge, big fight? And so just having some simple tools in those moments to connect back with ourselves, to take a few deep breaths, and then create shifts to come back into loving interaction with each other. I found to be just very powerful and also so much more fun ways to being in a relationship than to just hashing through the old patterns. And that's really true, isn't it? That's, you know, that's great stuff because, you know, when we're getting triggered, it's so, it can be so personal. It can be that old wound. Yes, very much so. And I think so often we do get triggered in an old wound, either an old relationship wound, or sometimes it goes even back to when we were in school or when we were in our families, when we were children. We get triggered in the here and now by something, and before we know it, we're actually responding to that old hurt but we're taking it out in our relationship or on our partner. And so very often we start hiding behind these masks or also personas, parts of ourselves, and then very quickly we see our partner as the enemy, and then yes. we start defending ourselves. Yes, and defense mechanisms, just they just don't work. No, they, they just don't. They keep hooking up and attracting more of the same. Absolutely. Exactly. So, okay, so what does it entail for someone to actually be in a conscious, loving relationship? And is it possible? I Yes, it is possible. And I'm actually really happy that I can say yes. Um, I think if you would have asked me this 10 years ago, I would have been like, I don't think so. But today I really know that it's possible. I've experienced it myself. I've seen it so many transitions and shifts in my clients as well that I'm really excited to say, yes, it works. And also just working with my friends and mentors, Gay and Katie Hendricks, um, they've been living conscious, loving relationship for the last 30 years. And that's really inspiring to me and also 
to the people around me. And so, yes, it is possible. And what I say to my clients is that, you know, every relationship starts with ourselves. And we're actually always in a relationship with ourselves. So it takes he, some he, self-awareness. He <laughs> yeah. You know, even when we're single and we're not with a partner, we are constantly in relationship with ourselves. So how do we interact with ourselves? Are we our best friend? And do we treat ourselves with the love, with the understanding that we treat our best friend? Or are we treating ourselves truly like our worst enemy? So if something happens, you know, a mistake happens or, you know, life happens, how do we interact with ourselves? Do we right away go to judging ourselves or criticizing ourselves, beating up on ourselves? Or do we actually get in touch with the feeling that we're feeling, the body sensation? Maybe taking a moment to honor that, express those feelings, and then from there shifting back into, oh, okay, so what wants to happen next? What's the learning from what just happened? Or do we just automatically go into defense and criticize seeing ourselves? And I think the relationship that we have with ourselves is then also how often we are in relationship with each other. Because if I am critical, judgmental, and abusive of myself, then a partner will also be able to be judgmental, critical, or abusive versus when I'm in a loving relationship with myself, then I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be okay with a partner who's critical or judgmental or even abusive. So a lot of it is being in relationship with ourselves. And some un- self-awareness. Absolutely. And that is so true. And I think that's been a real difficulty with a lot of women is that they really do struggle to be with themselves and to support themselves. We've all come up from that conditioning where it is about everybody else and it is so codependent. And this is where women, a lot of them, are really just hoping that that guy's going to come in and he's going to give her her sense of self rather than her establishing that herself. Exactly. And also, I like to say that we outsource our love unto a partner. So, you know, it sounds a little cliche maybe, but, you know, we have to love ourselves before we can receive the love of another. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and if you and definitely ago, too, I've seen with so many people and myself, you know, in my 20s, that if we don't believe and really feel and embody that love for ourselves, even if somebody does turn up who is loving, we can't accept it, we can't trust it, we'll sabotage it, and we'll end up pushing that person away. Exactly, very much so. And, you know, I know that for myself. I mean, really, literally, 10 years ago, I really thought my ex-husband was a huge big source for for me feeling love. I really thought that another person, my partner, was to a certain degree responsible for my happiness and for my sense of being loved. And I've really come to realize that that's not possible. It's not fair to ourselves and it's not fair to our partners because it puts a lot of pressure on our mm. partners to then constantly do something to make us feel happy. And it also puts a lot of pressure on us because we then try to constantly be loving or do something that we don't lose our partner's love. And so it's a vicious cycle. And to really take a moment and to... I, I also like to say that, you know, love sometimes is a big concept. And so what I support my clients in is appreciation. Because appreciation, I think, is this beautiful way and also this tangible way that we can really tune in with what it is that we appreciate about ourselves. So just right now, anybody who's listening, just take a deep breath and just think of one quality that you appreciate about yourself. What is one thing that if you did not have this quality, you wouldn't recognize yourself? And then go ahead and speak out loud in appreciation 
for yourself. And so that's a really great way on a daily basis to tune in with what it is that we appreciate about ourselves and then to share that with ourselves or to write it in appreciation journal. And so that's a way for us to to get in touch with loving ourselves and, and then more and more building that loving relationship with ourselves as well. And it just brings all those beautiful oxytocin feelings. It does. It really does. And, you know, sometimes what people say to me is that, okay, so I appreciate myself for one thing. And I say, okay, in the beginning, just keep appreciating yourself for the same thing over and over. You know, maybe it's the way that you talk in a very loving, caring way or that you're very caring. Okay, so maybe you were caring today with, your mother or your father or with your partner or with your children. So there's different flavors to how you can be caring throughout the day. And so to really discover the ways that you're caring and then acknowledging those and appreciating. And with time, I think when we get used to appreciating ourselves and we feel a little bit more comfortable maybe even with appreciating ourselves, I, I bet you that the list of qualities that we appreciate about, about ourselves will grow. And also, we'll move through the world in a different way. So if we're single and we're appreciating ourselves, like you said, that increases our sense of also feeling happy and feeling good in ourselves. And so then we radiate that out into the world and we'll attract people into our life that... Mm are the same way and it will treat us the same way as well. And it's such a different, that's beautiful. I love that appreciation information. It's gorgeous. It's perfect. And the thing is when we're feeling that full and that appreciation of ourselves and life, we take off all that needy sort of vibe, don't we? Because needy vibes are really repulsive. Because as soon as we come into somebody else's space and we start feeling that they need us or they're trying to take energy from us, then it's a very, very powerful unconscious feeling that we feel. We automatically want to preserve our energy and back off. We don't want to get involved with these people. Exactly, very much so. And so if you can love yourself and give yourself that, that loving feeling, then whatever a partner adds to that, is extra, is bonus. And it's like you said, it's not coming from a needy place. And, you know, situations might happen where, you know, our partner wakes up one moment or one morning and they might not be in a very loving mood. And so if they then cannot express that, we're not dependent on their love because we have our baseline within ourselves and we're nurturing that on a daily basis. So I encourage people to, if they are in relationship or single, to do this because you can appreciate yourself if you're single or in relationship and it will make a difference even if you are in relationship with your partner already. And then, of course, if you are in a um, partnership, I encourage people to go ahead and share appreciation with their partner as well. It just establishes a different foundation in our relationship to ourselves and also in our relationship with our partners. Great, great information, definitely. So why is it important to know our relationship, yes, and our relationship deal breaker? Oh, that's a great question, yes. Especially when we're single. Um, when I work with singles, I we start out usually by identifying what our relationship yeses and relationship knows or the deal breakers are. And this is really important because I think sometimes we don't really actually know what it is that we want in our relationship and in a partner. Often I think there's a lot of expectations of what we are supposed to want in a partner. And again, those expectations yeah. come from society, from TV. But we don't actually take a moment to tune in and see, is that really aligned with me? with who I am, and also with what I want in a partner. 
that gives us an opportunity to tune in with our values and with our vision for a relationship. And then it also gives us an opportunity to look at what are those no's? What are those relationship deal breakers? And sometimes we know what we don't want from past relationship experiences. And then we can tune in with that and just really say, okay, so what is one experience I never want to have in relationship again? And then when we're out dating, meeting people, we can really tune in with that. And we can see if this person fits our relationship yeses or no. And it's not about going on a date with a clipboard and a questionnaire and going, okay, tack mark yes, no, yes, no. It's not about that. But it's about us knowing what direction we're going in and the relationship we want so that when we're out there meeting these people, especially in the beginning phase of relationship, everything's excited. We have the rosy glasses on. Um, I think every partner seems very charming. And so we can then early on start feeling into and really being present to some of the red flags that might be coming up and then end a relationship before we get too far into the relationship when we notice that, okay, there's just too many red flags, there's just too many no's for us to be aligned as to where we want to go in relationship and what our values are. So I'm going to honor my no's and I'm also going to honor my yeses and end this relationship so that I can actually focus on attracting somebody who I am aligned with. And look, really a lot of those no's are going to also be related. Well, it's got to be about character because aesthetics aren't going to create a wonderful, safe relationship on their own. But it's also going to be a lot about the past, your past history and your past patterns, isn't it? So that you could really, would you agree with that? So it's about really identifying what your no's have got to be so that you're not going to fall back into the old unconscious patterns that you've been playing out. Exactly. So it's a lot about looking at those old unconscious patterns, seeing what did I create in the past and maybe where were some of the telltale signs of that I was heading down that path in a relationship with a partner and then to recognize those so that we don't keep repeating the same patterns over and over again in our relationships. And just to, for us to become clear of where where we're heading in relationship too and then to communicate that with the person that we're dating and to check out, hey, is that person actually heading in the same direction or do they have a totally different vision of relationship? And another really great way too is to tune in with our yeses. For example, say I want a partner who is honest and who chooses revealing over concealing, for example. And then it also gives me an opportunity to actually tune in and see, ooh, am I actually honest? Do I actually choose to reveal rather than conceal? And so it also gives us then an opportunity to align within ourselves that what it is that we want to attract into our lives, we're actually living that. So that we're moving through life, living the relationship we want, embodying the qualities that we want in a partner. Because if I want an authentic partner and I'm not authentic, I'm not going to attract that. I'm not going to be able to create that in a partnership with a partner. Yeah, look, definitely. And it is. We've got to be it before it'll come. So we've got to yeah. become what, what what it is that we're really, really wanting there. Exactly. And that's what I, yeah, yeah. And look, that's what I find, you know, with, with a, a, a lot of ladies that, you know, if we're really still hanging on to those old patterns and really, really fearing them and really not walking through them and not... You know, laying those boundaries, those knowing those relationship deal breakers. It's like, well, my old pattern, what were the warning signs? You know, they're the things that even though my body might want to hook on and will be attracted to them, 
I have to consciously really step in and define them with awareness. Otherwise, I'm just going to unconsciously fall back into the same old patterns again. Yes, very so much so. That. And I appreciate I you mentioning deal breaker. I, I appreciate you actually mentioning that too, because very often what does happen is that you know maybe there is a part of us that's a little bit attracted to the bad boy. You know. Oh, definitely. And There's a lot so, of women that that's really running. Exactly, and so you know, yeah, maybe if there is a man who has that in a balance, great. But if we've attracted the so to say bad boy into our life over and over again, who then turns out to actually be abusive, or who you know just speaks to us in a way that's not respectful then we're attracting a partner from a persona that's running the show for us. And so to become clear of what those no's are, it also helps us in those moments when, oh, we're really attracted to this person and we can see the red flags to really honor ourselves and to say no to that relationship and focus, again, on what it is that we truly want and align ourselves with that. Okay, so a little bit more about personas. Why is it important to know our personas in regards yeah. to attracting a partner? Um, I think especially um, a big part is to become clear about when we are attracting a partner from persona. Now, in regards to persona, personas are also often called like masks or part of ourselves, and each one of us has them. We're constantly interacting with personas, using personas, and personas aren't bad or good per se. It's just for us to know some of the personas we have and also for us to know when to shift out of a persona. So say, for example, I have, I, growing up, I had a princess persona, I have to admit. I was all into princesses and you know, the story goes that the princess, you know, the damsel in distress waiting for the knight in shining armor to more or less kind of come and rescue her and then for them to live happily ever after. So I was attracted in my late teens, early 20s, to this very charming, charming man. Yet behind the facade, there was sometimes some control or some judgment going on. And so by knowing our personas, we also know who's running the show when we're out on a date or when we're attracted to a certain person or certain qualities in a person. And then by knowing those personas, we can then come back to looking at our yeses and nos, honoring those, and then maybe, like I said earlier, if we're attracted to that bad boy or that prince charming that everything looks beautiful and perfect, but the facade is crumbling behind and there's some telltale red flags to then be uh, like, okay, I've been attracting from persona to so say that. no. <laughs> I can certainly relate to that. And I know a lot of women can that – you're seeing all the glorious, fleecy things that are making you happy, but you're just really not consciously taking in the, the red flags or you're making excuses for them or you're justifying them. Exactly. Very much so. And especially in the early phase of relationship. You know, I love the romantic phase of relationship. It's fun. It's exciting. Butterflies in our stomach. And that's a beautiful part of relationship and I, I wouldn't want it gone. I'm just saying let's be aware of that that is the romantic phase. We are going to shift out of that at one point sooner or later and the question is what's going to happen then? What's going to happen when the pink glasses come off who is Prince Charming, or who is the princess, actually, vice versa as well. This mm. woman who is always willing to, you know, part of me was willing to adapt to the guy and, you know, yay, let's do this. Oh, yes, I love that. Oh, yes, I love this. 
not even taking a moment to checking in. Do I really actually like skydiving? Do I want to go skydiving? Yeah. Just going yeah. and doing it because yeah. if I do it, he will love me. That's right. And also, too, I think the concept can be, okay, well, I've met a guy, you know, who hangs out a lot with his friends and he does his own thing. And then we come together and he's dropped all of that and I can change him and everything. You know, he's with me, me, me during the honeymoon period. But when everything settles down and, you know, all that love and bliss settles, he will more than likely go back to being the guy he was when you met him. Yes, exactly. And so it's just helpful to have our relationship yeses and noes and also to know some of our personas and who we're attracted to from persona versus who we're attracted to from our essence self. And I remember when I got in touch with my personas who was attracting different men into her life, at first, when I made a commitment to actually not attract a partner from persona, but from my essence self, at first, that persona of mine was like, what? This is going to be it? This is boring. Because my persona was running on adrenaline and these highs of, oh, Prince And drama. Exactly, and drama. And so when I made the commitment to be in conscious, loving relationship, I have to admit, the first few weeks and the first one or two guys I met was like, oh, my goodness, this is going to be it? This this cannot be truly it. But what I started really realizing is that the more I spoke authentically of what it is that I want, how I want to be in relationship, what is important to me, what really lights me up in how I want to communicate with my partner, how I envision relationship, the more I got to be authentic about that, what I noticed was that there was actually excitement in being honest in being real, but it wasn't this adrenaline spiking kind of drama excitement. It was more of a wave-like excitement that was much more sustainable as well in the long run. And it does. It has a deeper quality to it. It has that beautiful warmth and safety on it rather than those... those, uh, you know, those highs and then those plunging empty troughs. Exactly. Very much so. And, and you know, yeah, to our personas or the different parts of ourselves, those are really exciting. And it just takes a little bit of shifting and recognizing that, like you said, those warm feelings, those the excitement that we actually feel from, wow, I just revealed that I'm feeling is scared or that I'm feeling worried or that I'm I'm feeling angry. There's a different excitement that comes from being real. And again, it just creates an excitement that is actually connecting versus the excitement from adrenaline or drama very often is not excite is not connecting with our partner. Mm, definitely, definitely. So It is. It's it's important for women that initially when they are becoming conscious, isn't it, to not be disturbed about maybe I'm not feeling that that pull or that I'm not feeling that that connection as much. It's going to have to be something. I know with me, when I got out of uh, drama high voltage attractions and got into good guys, good guys that have the character and the values that were sustainable. And and I agree with you. At first it was like, well, I'm not attracted to this person. I'm not getting that familiar buzz that I used to get. But you're right. You've got to stick that out and know that the old way just hasn't been working for you. This is the way you need to walk. And then it's really quite gorgeous because then you hit a level with these men where you know, they're genuinely listening. They're not actually putting on a show to just win you. There's all this authenticity and realness that comes out and then the attraction becomes a completely different feeling, but it's so real and true. It's it's beautiful. It's worth yes. it. It's so worth walking that line. It, it is. It is worth working, walking that line and an extra mile to to really create that authentic 
loving relationship. And like you said, then also men show up in our lives where I think stereotypically we think men, you know, don't listen or they're not the kind to share their feelings. But when we walk the line as well, when we attract from that place of consciously attracting what we want, what happens is men actually do show up who want to communicate, can communicate, and who are even willing to talk about their feelings. And that, to me, also has just been this beautiful shift in my relationship as well, to having that in a partner who's like, wow, your feelings are just as deep as mine. And you can communicate about those. The old perception was that men can't do that. And what I found is that they can and they're willing to as well. Look, absolutely. And I think what's so beautiful out there from the unlimited possibilities is you only need one. Yes. One guy. How hard can it be? Exactly. And women can get so limited about that. There's no good guys. There's no this. You only need one. And you only need to be the attraction point for that guy. So, you know, this is really about... If women want to change and get the right guy, they've so got to get out of like the quick fix mentality and get into delayed gratification. It may take longer for you to connect with somebody, but a relationship, a life partner, he's got to, it's got to stand the test of time. So it's so worth the foundations, isn't it? It is. It really, really is. And I actually love to work with singles on commitment, and we use commitment in actually attracting and creating the relationships that we really, truly want. And I'd love to talk a little bit more about that, if that's okay. Yeah, please do. Absolutely. Okay, great. Um, Because I think sometimes when I bring up commitment, especially to singles, they look at me and kind of go like, but wait a minute, I thought commitment comes when I actually step in front of the altar and want to marry somebody. And I actually offer a new definition of commitment, of actually something that we not make with another person, but a commitment is something that we make with ourselves and or with the universe, and actually then becomes the driving force and the map as we head out on this journey of attracting the partner we really want to be with. So once somebody's tuned in with their relationship yeses and nos, I support them in finding their relationship commitment. And very often people are afraid to make commitments. I think we're living in a society where we often hear, oh, he, she is commitment phobic. They don't want to commit. And I think we see that so much in our culture because a lot of the commitments that we're trying to make are result commitments. And result commitments are commitments that we don't have any control over. So, for example, a result commitment is a popular one that we hear often in marriage ceremonies is, I commit to being there for you and loving you forever. So, the forever is the first part where we have no control over. We have no control over being here forever because we won't be here forever. And we don't really have control over loving somebody every day and every moment because, like I said, I might wake up one moment morning not feeling very loving. So what I help clients do is come up with something called process commitments. And process commitments are something that we have control over. So a process commitment could be, for example, I commit to reveal rather than conceal. And I have choice over that in each and every moment. I have the choice to reveal a thought, reveal a feeling, reveal authentically what's happening in the moment rather than hiding and concealing. So by knowing the difference between result commitment and process commitment, we're actually tuning in with commitment on a completely different level. And so what I... Once they have their yeses and their noes, I support singles in creating a commitment that's really aligned with them. So, for example, 
one that comes to my mind right now is I commit to learning whatever it is I need to learn and want to learn to attract a conscious, loving, sensual partner into my life. And so that's something that I have control over. And then that is kind of like the guiding light, the, the lighthouse. When I'm out there dating, I get to just kind of tune in with my lighthouse. And again, tune in with my yeses and nos. And what I give attention to also grows. So by tuning in with my commitment on a daily basis, and then also recommitting when a stumbling block comes up, I get yeah. to put a lot of attention on what it is that I really want and then have that grow and have that partner come into my life. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's gorgeous. That's really beautiful. I love that. And I think, you know, those old commitments, what they really did. And, you know, I know I fell prey to this, that we really believe that those old commitments were sacrosanct and we had to walk through with those regardless. And a lot of our forebears did that. Yeah. And once they committed on that level, regardless, you hung in there, you made it work, but you were not committing to yourself and your truth. And as you said, your commitment was to an authentic, loving, genuine relationship. And my commitment to myself is absolutely about creating you know, authentic, loving, genuine relationships in every single area of my life. And if it transpires that they're not, or that for whatever reason, maybe that person doesn't have the resources, or maybe they're not aligned with the truth and the genuineness of myself that I'm in, well, then my commitment to myself does not mean that I need to stay committed to them. Yes, yes, exactly. Very much so. And also what I love about this um, process commitment is something that we can over and over recommit to because I think very often the result commitment, we think, okay, so we have the wedding ceremony and we make a commitment once and then that's it for the rest of our lives. And so our relationships, don't become an active, Great. involved process, you know, or an yeah. active, involved love where we, on an ongoing basis, recommit. They become stale. They become something that we once, however many years ago, committed to and are now still supposed to love each other each and every moment, even in those moments when we don't and then what we get into is trying to control people and trying to control their feelings which to be honest we all know we like to think that we have control over other people and their feelings but the truth is we don't yes definitely do you think a lot of women can get flaky about believing that there are men out there that will commit and yet, and because of this, a lot of women can sort of really get caught up into men that they think are trying before they're buying, but there's real no solid commitment to themselves with these women of, you know, holding their line of their truth. Do you think yes. a lot, do you see a lot of that go on? I do. And also what I do see is that when, when we make a commitment that really deeply resonates with ourselves, very often what happens is that fear comes up, doubt comes up, worry comes up. Can I create that? Are there men out there that will really, you know, want the same thing and have the same values? Mm. Mm. And so that's a moment then that I say, take a deep breath, just few nice deep breaths come back to yourself and then recommit this is an ongoing journey it's not about getting it right once and then for the rest of your life yes you will overnight attract that partner but it's an ongoing process of recommitting to what it really is that we want in our lives and I think so often we've been told what we're supposed to want and haven't checked in with what it is that we truly want, and we've not been encouraged to honor our feelings, honor our gut feelings at times as well. And so sometimes I think we do go ahead and settle. Now, I'm also saying that it's not that we need to have Mr. Perfect or Mr. You know, completely right in every moment. This is a process about 
being in a loving relationship where we each can be ourselves. And that will bring up feelings in myself and in my partner that might be difficult to be with at times. But then by having the tools, the practical tools in those moments to not get re-triggered in old hurts, we can stay present to ourselves and also to our partners. Mm, definitely, definitely. So, okay, so we, we, we do. We live in a culture that is showing the beautiful parts of falling in love. So it really, would you say it really is the communication? So that romantic, that gorgeous stage, we've got two people sharing energy. It seems like everything about that person is compatible with me. We like the same things. We focus on everything that we love. And we almost become like this enmeshed, you know, one person. But then as all of that, you know, drops down and all of a sudden, you know, you've got to start getting sleep. You've got to start functioning back out in normal life. Well, hopefully you're doing that anyway. But in the honeymoon phase, it can feel like you're actually not doing that. And then it all settles down to normal everyday life and this, this enmeshed, you know, two people that are gloriously connected, they start coming apart. So how can people, what are some really good ways that they can actually, you know, come apart and share but, you know, still get along and still progress the love relationship? Mm, yeah, I, I love that you're bringing this up. And, you know, I think we, like you mentioned, we get enmeshed. We want to be close all the time. And one thing to really notice is that relationship is a dance of getting close and getting apart and then getting a close and getting apart. And sometimes one partner wants to get close and the other one wants to get away or di get some distance. You know, and it's not about getting away of you know, running away and going be with somebody else. It's just about, you know, sometimes we need alone time as well. We need time to also integrate to maybe, you know, we have a routine of meditating or being out in nature or our hobbies. And those things still are important in our relationship. And so it's important to know that relationship is a dance between two people of getting close and getting apart. And once we know that that is, an organic process in relationship and that there's nothing wrong with us wanting some space from each other and then coming back together. And again, when I say space from each other, I'm not saying putting the relationship on hold, but maybe we want an evening to spend by ourselves or a morning meditating to know that that is a natural part of it. Now, what's important is when we go into these rhythms of close and a little bit more apart from each other, that we know that we're heading in the same direction. And that's, again, where it becomes important to know our relationship yeses and no, and know that, okay, we are aligned with this partner in our values, in how we want to be in a relationship, so that when one partner, for example, wants a little bit more space, spend time by themselves, or even, you know, spend time with friends as well, that, and we want to get closer, that we know that, okay, you know, we're still heading in the same direction. This is an organic process and knowing and trusting that we're going to come back together. And then also having loving ways in communicating that, wow, I know that we're taking some space here right now or you're going out with your friends and I have to admit, I'm feeling a little threatened by that, and I also know that this is okay, so that we don't have to then blame our partner when we feel afraid that, oh, my God, you're going to go out with your friends, and you're going to go and flirt with all these other people, when the truth is that in that moment, we just felt afraid. And if we take a deep breath and just notice that feeling, share it with our partner, there's a total shift that happens and we don't have to restore to blaming our partner for something that our partner is not even interested in doing or planning on doing. And really that honest communication, that, that uh, risking being vulnerable and real creates an even deeper love and connection, doesn't it? It totally does. It really does. 
and we're then not caught in these patterns of blaming each other and hiding behind masks. And then, you know, once we start blaming each other, we go into attack and defense. And then we are, we're fighting each other versus being allies in this relationship together. And so what I also do with couples in particularly is support them in having an agreement that they're allies in this relationship together so that especially in those moments when we do get triggered, that we can help remind each other that we are allies and that we're not the enemy here and so that we're on the same side and then it's much easier to become authentic, become real, when we don't need to see the other person as our enemy. Beautiful, and a much better way to live in relationships. Absolutely. So, Daniela, you've created a six-month fast track to relationship, loving yourself, um, for the relationship of your dream program. So what does that program entail? Mm, I'm very excited about this program. It's my new creation. And it's for singles all over the U.S. or even in Australia, if somebody would like to be part of it um, with the time difference, it would actually work out for people in Australia to be part of it as well. And singles who are done being single, they've enjoyed being single for a while, or maybe singles who have had dead-end relationships that just haven't worked, old patterns have come up over and over again, but they really know that okay, I want to be in a conscious, loving relationship. I just don't know how to attract it. And so in the six-month program, I'm going to provide these singles with lots of opportunities, practical tools to overcome those old patterns, to become clear what is your relationship yeses and noes, and then create commitments that really are in alignment of what it is that we want and help them focus on what it is that they want, put attention there so that that really grows and they attract a partner with whom they want to create that program, with that relationship. And I'm also really excited that my friend Kathleen Hendricks, who's been a relationship expert for over 30 years and has written various different books, is going to come on once a month to be the guest expert. And so she's going to share her wisdom, her insights, and also do on the call laser coaching with people. So if anybody's interested in being part of this program, they can visit my website, attractingreallove.com, which is how you say attractingreallove.com, and there on the homepage is a little red button that says Fast Track to Relationship Program. And if they click on there, they'll find more information They'll even get access to a preview call where Katie and I shared about the powerful tool of commitment, and they can listen to the recording of that if they go to my website. Fantastic, fantastic. So we've just got a couple of minutes, and we've just got a couple of people in the uh, chat room. We've got time for one quick question, if anybody has got one that they'd like to put up. Okay, and we'll just see if that comes through. So yeah, look, we've had somebody come in and they've said that, you know, most women today don't give men space to do their own thing. And we're nearly, yeah. nearly out of time. So do you just have a quick comment on that, Daniela, that most women are struggling to give men their space? Yeah, and I think, you know, it's the fear of being abandoned, the fear of being left. And so if that happens, I encourage you to take a few deep breaths. Breath is such a beautiful, powerful tool that we have at our fingertips. To just take a few deep breaths and, and even appreciating yourself for maybe feeling scared or feeling worried. And from that place of acknowledging that for yourself, you're automatically going to be in relationship with your partner in a different way. Well, look, thank you so much for Daniela coming on today. There's been some great information for people. And, you know, it's all about getting conscious with ourselves and having beautiful conscious relationships because it shouldn't be that hard. Exactly. It doesn't need to be that hard. Exactly. And so I Daniela, thank you. Having you. Me on. 
Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure and uh, you take care and we'll have to talk soon. All right, goodbye everybody and have a beautiful, beautiful day and I'll see you next week.